Welcome everyone to this podcast and live event from Happier Me and the Human Wisdom Project. Today we're going to be exploring the subject of silence and how profound an impact it can have on our lives. We're going to do some practical exercises on connecting with that ourselves. Only we can connect with the silence within us. Nobody can give it to us. And my guest today to explore this is my friend, Dr. Tim Merrick uh, from the United States. So Tim, very welcome. Well, thank you, Manoj. It's, it's always fun to spend time with you and, and to be on these podcasts with you. But as you say, this this specific topic is, is dear to my heart, and I'm honored that you'd have me be part of it. And we have, of course, also guests from around the world, and I welcome them all. Um, so we're going to start, Tim, perhaps with something really simple, which is let's just take a minute to arrive, to ground ourselves where we are, and just be quiet for one minute together. Okay, thank you, and welcome everyone. I was just reflecting on how, when we were scrolling social media, a minute seems to just fly by, and when you're sitting in silence, it just feels like, oh, that's a really long minute. Um, I, I was just feeling it. <laughs> you know, or when you're talking, a minute just, just flies, and, whereas if you're sitting and observing the silence or being quiet. Okay, so Tim, uh, the plan today is that Tim and I will spend about 45 minutes talking and reflecting. We'd welcome all your comments in the chat and we'll pick them up as we travel. And at the end of that, we will open it up for all your comments and discussions and we value that too. So please stay that through that and share your thoughts on this as we explore this together. So Tim, what do we mean by inner silence? I am, well, as we mentioned before, the minute you ask a question, my mind wants to answer. My mind wants to, to be back into the known, back into the clarity of such. But my guess is that everyone has a different relationship or explains it differently. I mean, the fact that we are talking about something that goes beyond words the si silence is that void of words of uh 
how do we use words, which is the medium for communication here over Zoom, mm. uh, to describe something that is beyond words? Yes. So I, I just want to put into the space that that anything that we say about the definition of silence will be an approximation. Yes. What we can say, it doesn't, it's not the absence of external sound. It's about when your mind is quiet, when your thoughts are still, and when your, um, yeah, when your mind, so you can have a quiet mind and an inner silence, even in the midst of a conversation or a noisy environment. And just because you have uh, no sound in your environment doesn't mean you have inner silence. You see that um, being uh, being of, uh, of a certain age, uh, I am kept company on a regular basis by a ringing in my ears, <laughs> and in some ways. I can use it as a mantra, as a, as, a, as, a, as a quieting, centering thing, or it can drive me crazy, my choice. One thing I will say about the... Oh, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say that when the mind is quiet, there's also a feeling of deep peace. So you know you're experiencing quietness because at the same time, you're also experiencing this amazing feeling of peace and not just your mind but i suppose in in your whole body right from a neuroscience perspective um, a quiet mind will relate to specific frequency brainwave patterns mm. we know that we can be in the middle of downtown rush hour but what frequency our brain is operating at will directly uh, relate to our experience. And to, so our mind is really a, it's part and parcel to brain function. It is an outpouring of brain. And so we can quiet the brain hmm. and the mind can experience a silence amidst any environment. Yes. And as you said, words are limiting. Like I can't tell you what water tastes like. Nobody can. You have to, each of us has to discover the beauty of this silence for ourselves. And that's one of the things we're going to try and do in this conversation together. But also to realize it's not my silence or yours. You'll never say it's, this is my water, <laughs> for example. Oh, yeah. That would be so silly, but... You know. Dasani might uh, choose to argue with you about that, but yeah. We never say it's my air, for example. You know what I mean? It's just air. Yes. That's the beauty of it. So you're tapping into something that really connects all of us. And by tapping into that, maybe we are connected at a different level of consciousness as human beings. See? Maybe. All right. What I'd like to do now is to bring in a, our second exercise, which is a two and a half minute breathing exercise. I'm going to show a video from inside the app and I'd like everyone 
Um, uh, let's just say hello to John D. And then uh, we can get started. Um, it might give her a second to get her audio figured out. Yeah. So that hey, John D, are you us. here? Oh, I am. Okay. We're just getting started with a simple exercise on breathing uh, as a way of Lovely. connecting with our quietness. So I'm just going to share my screen and play a two and a half minute video. And I encourage everyone just to follow along. And this is from the, um, from the Happier Me app. So just going to play that. First of all, we're going to do something very simple. We're simply going to breathe in our own time. And as we breathe in, and I encourage you to do this either with your eyes closed or keeping a low gaze because it will help you go deeper within. As you breathe in, notice the temperature of the air flowing through your nostrils. And as you breathe out, notice the change in temperature. And we'll do this together for a minute. Noticing that the air that you breathe in is slightly cooler and the air that you breathe out slowly warmer. And to test this, you can try putting your finger underneath your nostrils so you can feel the sensation of the warmer air coming in. So we'll practice this for one minute together now. feel your mind wandering, bring it back to the sensation of the temperature, the air going in to your nostrils and coming out. Making sure you're not tensing anything as you do so. I'm not forcing anything. Minute. Okay, thank you. So like that, there are many more breathing exercises and breathing is one way of connecting with a quietness within ourselves. Okay. So my next question, Tim, is why should people bother? What, yeah, what, what are the benefits of connecting with this silence in ourselves? 
May I just go back for one second about that exercise before we, I love the question. I want to get back to it, but what I noticed was the, the request to feel the temperature in the nostrils. And what we spoke about the other day, Manoj, is that EEG analysis has shown that when we tune into a perception that's difficult to grasp, that idea of the sailboat that's already gone over the horizon, it it creates more alpha brainwave activity in the brain, which is more of a quiet, relaxed, meditative state. And so I, as soon as she did that, and of course, I'm fine feeling my mind relaxing. I'm going, ah, that's what she's doing. That's brilliant. <laughs> Just brilliant. So it, it, breathing is great, but also the, the gentle awareness around something that we can't quite grasp. Yes. So that's beautiful. But because why bother? The principle in all this that's really beautiful is wherever we pay attention, the mind quietens. And we're going to do that through a series of different exercises today. But the underlying principle is, except for the last exercise, which is slightly different, is going to be the same. So let me begin with that, uh, answering that question. I suppose is what you just said, our mind feels calm. It calms our nervous system, which, as you know, is so important. Could you speak on that perhaps briefly? Uh -huh. I don't like to make it a sharp delineation binary between sympathetic nervous system and parasympathetic nervous system because it's always a blend. Mm. But <laughs> it is quite true that the more we engage in the sympathetic fight or flight response, which many of us are in most of the day, uh, it shuts down uh, connections to our frontal cortex, which is our reasoning uh, mind. And so uh, we either live in survival, uh, just getting by, or we can calm the mind, which not only has positive effects on our body physiology, lowering heart rate, you know, lowering cholesterol and, and, and cortisol and all of that. So it's positive physiology, but it also allows us to really engage in our reasoning. We can actually get in touch um, with that sort of a higher context of life. Yes. And I think when my mind is calm, I'm not as reactive. I can have a pause between you saying something and me speaking. I'm able to think clearly, make better decisions, maybe not out of fear, for example, you know. And um, also, it can heal our suffering. Mm. Right. Because all our suffering, mental suffering, is fueled by our thinking, all the past memories of our hurts and so on. And if I'm in a space where my mind is quiet, it's also a place where there's no more suffering. See? Um the phrase from the song, "Twas, twas grace that taught my heart to sing, and grace my fears relieved. And I think of that every time because, well, silence to me, pretty much the same thing as grace. It's, 
it's this peace. It's this, some people might call it forgiveness. I don't know that we need to get into that much meaning and definition around it, but the experience mm. can be akin to that. Mm. Mm. Yes. And um, I've just got a few um, slides. I love this quotation um, by uh, Herman Hess. I'm just going to bring that up in a second. Um, if I may. I honor you, Manoj, for both being in the conversation, not just with your words, but with your being, and multitasking by using technology, because I don't know if I can do it. <laughs> Just look at this beautiful quote by Herman Hess. You know, within you, there is a stillness and a sanctuary to which you can retreat at any time and be yourself. So I feel if we can connect with this inner silence, it's a sanctuary from the storms of life. doesn't matter what the storm is on the outside. On the inside, you can be at peace. Right? In coaching, there's so much for me, both personally and for my clients, around this concept of can we be with what is? Hmm. Hmm. Can we start there? Mm. Rather than being in resistance, avoidance, upset, can we first just be here? Yes. And I think this silence is the is the way to start. We're just here. And I see Dan has a question. Go on, Dan. No, I just had my, uh, I guess my my reaction. I put my hand in my mouth and uh, at, 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 and a computer. Not uh, a problem. Was man. in silence and uh, decided. It. <laughs> so, it's all I'm good. Introduce now our third exercise. Um, and I'll please just follow me, and I'll everything will become more clear. So I'm going to put this picture up, and I'd like us to look at it for about. 10, 15 seconds, and notice what's happening in your own mind as you do so. Okay. So did you name that as a rose? Did you call that a rose? And did you notice what happened in your own mind when you'd, you named it? Did you notice how you stopped looking? This is what our mind does. It names things, and then we stop noticing. So now I'd like you to look at the same picture, and let's give ourselves a bit longer, maybe 30 seconds, just to notice all the detail and see what you may find or what you notice and what happens to your mind when you look at it without naming it? Let's start now.
Let's just stop sharing my screen. Tim. Mm -hmm. I am, what would you like to go with this? I'm, I, I've got many thoughts in my mind, Manoj, but I want to honor your process. Well, I just feel that our mind becomes really quiet when you can observe something without naming it. And I call it looking without language. And if we can look at a rose in that way, or any nature is a great teacher, you look at a tree or a leaf or a flower, or a bird flying across the sky without naming, then we can notice a thought or a feeling without naming. And that then opens up this whole space of silence where the mind is quiet. The senses are alert, but there's no thought as a reaction to what we're noticing. See? So it's an amazing art to learn. And I was giving a talk to some students, and this girl from Dublin said, I don't know what happened there, but my mind became really quiet and I started feeling a great sense of peace. And she's only 18 and you know just joined university. So it's a beautiful skill if you can learn it. And I will show you around the app and where there's much more detail on it. Okay. What I notice is, and for those who have joined after, um, we started this conversation slightly before the hour, just talking about inquiry and not, not closing the loop on thoughts, but letting them stay open and holding them. And I noticed a similar process going on, looking at this picture. I won't name it, but if I could just let it be without the name, without the thought, without the resolution, is to stay in the question, which is to stay in the observation, stay in the being with. And then, as I noticed, I softened my gaze mm. and the three-dimensionality slipped away mm. and it was beautiful colors. Mm. And again, it lost even more of the definitiveness that takes me away from my awareness. So maybe even the, the hard perception locks our experience down a little bit. Can we even soften our gaze? Can we even just not know? And you see, this art of looking without language is beautiful, not just to connect with your own silence, but also, for example, to see someone freshly that you live with all the time or you meet every day. And then you can see how they're showing up today, for example. What's different about them? What, you know, that you notice the subtlety of all that, right? So, so very important. I talk often with my clients around the concept of completion, around not carrying the past into the present, mm. 
and we do we know we can't help it it's actually part of the brain's function is to create stories so that we can stay safe but unfortunately we create stories about people true or not true and we carry them from the past into the present so like you're saying to be able to look without naming without judging we can see something fresh we can be in the in the experience rather than being in the experience of our past Jess said, although my other thoughts slowly became quiet, the surge of happy energy then changed my thought pattern. You know, this is a skill like swimming or learning to play a musical instrument. It's not something that comes in a day. But you can begin with nature. Walk up to a tree and just be with the tree and just look at it or look at a leaf. And look at how much you notice if you keep looking and not naming. So similarly, if we can notice a thought or a feeling in that way without naming, watch how your own mind becomes uh, really quiet. And the other benefit, Tim, which we spoke of when we last met, is that... This sense of looking and connecting with our own silence also has the possibility of connecting us with the sense of sacred, which is again something that is beyond language. Right? And I just brought together some quotes from different traditions and different parts of the world to illustrate that, and then maybe we can speak on it. Um, so this is the first one. If you make time for silence, the sacred will unfold. That's Rob Stryker. I love this one from the Psalm 46, Be still and know that I am God. Or from Krishnamurti, who said that through self-knowledge, you begin to find out what is God, what is truth, and what is the timeless and Mother Teresa, who said, God speaks in the silence of the heart. So you may or may not be religious, but all the mystics in the world from every tradition have found the sense of sacred through this process of self-inquiry and through connecting with our own inner silence whether it's the Vedanta in Hinduism or the Sufi saints or the Zen Buddhists or Meister Eckhart or St. John of the Cross or St. Francis of Assisi or whatever. So it's a way of embodying whatever your religious beliefs might be into your life. For most of us are just content to read the books and repeat the books and then we become experts on the books and then it's my book versus your book and we're fighting and look at the wars in the world about all that nonsense. Whereas if we connected with the silence, drank from the same well, all the fighting would cease because it's the same water. It's the same silence. It's the same sense of sacred. Tim, what do you think? Well, personally for me, the silence... The, the sanctity of silence, the grace that I experience in silence, to me, that 
is as close to any experience of God as I've ever had. And I, I don't have this belief in someone, you know, up in the sky with a white beard and, and all of that. So for me, the silence is my sense of sacred, but I'm, I'm loving this conversation because we keep coming back to this, that in the silence, there is no answers. In the silence is only the question. Yes. Yes. And in that, there is no conflict because there is no certainty. And it can't be your silence and my silence, your God and my God. Hmm. It is that wellspring. And what also gets me about this, or the way I like to imagine it, because I don't want to have answers, <laughs> especially answers for anybody else but me, is that to me, the silence is omnipresent. It is not something I go to. Mm -hmm. The silence is something that is constant if I will but listen. Mm -hmm. Like the, even in this different scriptures, you know, be still and know that I'm God, know that I'm here with you always. Mm -hmm. It's that silence is here. It is part of me. Um, I spent some time, oh, many, many, many years ago where I was meditating three to four hours a day. And I, I was young and stupid and had the luxury of that. But um, I had a very interesting experience that every time I would breathe in, I would be quite aware of my surroundings and quite aware of all the detail. And every time I exhaled, everything was gone. It was just it, right? And then, so it was this constant in-breathing and out-breathing of experience of the silence inside of all that's here and that imagery has stayed with me that the silence is just just there so maybe i rarely share this to be honest because it's so personal and i don't want people to give get the wrong impression but maybe with our small group i'll be sh happy to share this experience so I was with a friend of mine, you know, Sanjay, and we were sitting in a coffee shop, noisy coffee shop. We're talking about all this stuff. And then suddenly my mind became really quiet. And I felt one with everybody. I could hear every noise from the outside. I could hear him talking. I could hear myself responding but there was a quietness within me and my whole body. And, and you know, the beauty of that space is all your other desires melt away. Right? We always live with a sense of wanting something, you know, other than where we are. And if we can embrace this silence and discover it for ourselves, as you say, it's omnipresent there in each of us. Something is a sanctuary for all of us to retreat to when we want. But the beauty of that is that all your desires melt away. Everything that you need in life is right there. <laughs> you know, right now. Okay. So that leads me to my next question, which is, what are the obstacles to this silence, right? What, 
do we need to get past if we need to discover the beauty of this for ourselves? I'm going to make a guess, which is a slightly, I'm answering a certain part of your question. I think that the obstacles, of course, are going to be different for each of us. You know, what is, what is in my way versus your, what is in your way? But for me, I've noticed different periods of my life. Mm. For me now, the obstacle is, Will I choose? Will I stop? We've talked about this. Why don't I take the opportunity every morning when my wife is sleeping and there's no demands upon me and I've got nothing but a purring cat on my lap? Why don't I take that opportunity to sit in silence? So my obstacle is not choosing. I've heard many people say to me, oh, my mind just won't let go. My mind won't let go. So there's a you know, perhaps a, a strong identification mm. with their thoughts. I don't know. I don't want to say what that is, but there are there are different. If we know the silence is there, what must we do? Not to go to it, but to let go of these things that are, you know, in the way of it, in the in the vision that. The exercises that you've used today are ex all excellent. And of course, there's hundreds more that have been taught through history. Yes. Um, and it's all about being able to let go of our ident identification of our stories and our sense of self. And I think that's, I think that I, that strong identity identification is one of the, the main ones, but yes. that's just a guess. But also, it could be one obstacle is we don't realize the value of it. If you've never tasted water, you won't realize how nourishing it is for your life. So I think that's the first thing to realize, that here is something beautiful, it's free, it's in you already, it nourishes your life, you just need to kind of connect with it. And then to ask yourself this question, what's getting in the way of me connecting with this silence? And as you and I were talking right at the beginning, is to hold the question without immediately rushing to an answer. Because when you rush to an answer, that answer will come from your memory, which is the past. Whereas if you hold the question and just be with the question, something emerges from another space. What gets in the way of me connecting with my own silence? And as you said, for each of us, the answer is different. It could be I'm suffering in some way. It could be my stress. Whatever word you want to call it, stress or anxiety or anger or feeling like a victim or whatever that might be. So, okay, maybe I need to work on that first. And I need to get past that suffering. I mean, resolve all that. Do that inner work so my mind is at least free of suffering. So then, and all the work we've done with the Human Wisdom Project, Tim, and Happier Me, 
which is to help people or give people a toolkit to begin this journey of learning about their own mind and healing their own mind and resolving that suffering brings you to this doorway beyond which lies this beautiful, silent, sacred, whatever we want to call it, right? Um, Dan's just said uh, something. I'll just bring that up, Tim. He said, forces beyond your control can take away everything you possess except one thing, your freedom to choose how you'll respond to the situation. And that's uh, Viktor Frankl. And of course, that silence makes that conducive, right? Then you have choices, you know. I want to go back, so like so many things in our experience, there's a there's some paradoxes. I agree with you that if we can do some healing work, it will allow us the access, more access to this omnipresent state. Mm -hmm. But the inverse is also true, mm -hmm. that the more we can access this silence, the more it aids in our healing <laughs> so you know one hand washes the other both ways but um i i see people who have quote unquote struggled to to find the silence and the, in the perception that i have to go somewhere that i have to do something that it is a act of will i think in is itself may be one of those obstacles and you know, just as I was mentioning before, the softening of the gaze allowed something new. The softening of the effort, that it's not about doing something, it's more about allowing something. Okay. All right. So the absence of conflict makes it more conducive, but you're right that connecting with the silence also aids in releasing our suffering. Okay, that brings me to our next exercise. Normally we do it as a written exercise, but maybe we could just do it by sitting and reflecting, which is for one minute to notice every thought that comes into your mind, to notice it and not to um, be critical, just to notice. And let's give ourselves a minute to do that. Okay. We can, of course, hear from everyone else uh, later in terms of what happens, but um, 
perhaps Tim, do you want to share? And then I can I can sure as to what happens when we do that. Well, the first thing that showed up was noticing that that I want to answer a question. You know, what shows up and I want to I want to have an answer. Hmm. And then noticing that I'm noticing that I have that. <laughs> yes. And then uh, I was shocked that the next concept that just showed up was love. Mm. But then I noticed that I was noticing love. <laughs> and then I was hearing sounds. And then I noticed the physical sensations in my body. And I noticed I, I noticed a, a calming of my body as I was with it. And then there was this being with answers and love and sounds and sensation. And I felt a, just kind of almost a giggliness of just being with all of it. Right. And then you said, we're done. <laughs> so for me, what happens is that there's always some big thoughts in the beginning, you know. But as you notice them, the mind becomes quieter. And then you start noticing the stuff that is bubbling underneath that. So I always realize that there's different layers, you know. There's probably, I'm talking to you, for example. But underneath that, there's some other thought that I may not notice that's at play. And the more sensitive I become and the more I notice, the quieter my mind becomes. So this is a simple exercise everyone can do. Journaling is amazing. So we do have an online journal inside the app. And just writing down every thought that arises in your mind for 10 minutes, for example, leads you to a place where, you know, your mind quietens down. Okay. All right. So my next question, uh, Tim, is just how do we begin? How do we lay the groundwork? Or what's the foundation of this inquiry into silence? What do we need to do to start? Well, you mentioned before that maybe some people don't even have the appreciation of the value, right? So I would think there must be something that says, okay, this is worthy. Um, and if you don't have that, perhaps the softening of the, of the mental gaze which is to say, I'm open to its possibility mm. that it is a value. Mm. And if we can be open to that, I think that's even one of the first steps in quieting the mind. Yes. Not having an answer. And just to be curious, right? We've lost our curiosity. I think it's kind of saying what you just said in a different way. Our mind is so full of certainty. I'll have an opinion on everything. You know, an opinion on silence. Oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> or an opinion on what Tim is saying or Manoj is saying or what so-and-so said. But instead to... Yeah, I've got go, an opinion about your opinion. Yes, all of that, right? <laughs> and just to let that go, as you said, let the gaze soften, be curious. What is this thing? You know, let me just find out, ask, um, and realize that nobody can give it to you. You know, 
you can't go to a book or a person or a guru or anybody who's going to give this to you. Something each of us has to discover for ourselves. And then I, I maybe... Manoja. Yes, go on. Oh. Sorry, no, please. Well, I, I noticed that... And I don't know if this is all societies. I certainly see it a lot in America that we have to be good at something. There's a competitiveness. We have to do it right. There's a sense of, uh, you know, the way or, you know, I, I think it's important that this is a journey. It's like a walk through the woods when there is no path hmm. and you can go in any direction. And it's not so much about getting somewhere. Hmm. That is to just be in the woods hmm. and that there's really no metric for, oh, yes, I, 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 I did this well today. <laughs> uh, and it's easy to get, it's easy to get caught up in the experience. I liked this today. I didn't like it. It felt productive. It didn't feel productive. Hmm. Um, and I, th I think from physiologic, brain point of view the exercise the journey is the destination mm -hmm. that there is just to simply do this oh I, you know I, I sat down to meditate and guess what i fell asleep mm -hmm. all good must be what you needed you know yes yes that's a beautiful point that there is no destination as such no technique no method and though we're going to talk about some things that can be helpful, but there's no one way. So please don't get frustrated if you don't achieve something. Because the person who wants achieve. To, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the person who wants to connect with silence and achieve silence is in the way of actually <laughs> being silent. Yeah. Because you know uh, yes, and perhaps start with nature. To refine our sensitivity, spend time. Nature is such a great teacher, whether it's looking at the sky or a tree or a flower or a leaf, just to notice the detail and see how your mind becomes quiet and then bring that to noticing our thoughts and feelings. And maybe just the exercise of being still for even 10, 15 minutes a day is so useful, Tim. Whatever word you call it. I just hit a word that stuck with me that felt felt good in terms of this process. And I noticed for one, um, sometimes uh, I'm having an, an exchange with someone. Well, let's say I see someone for the first time in a long time or I'm saying goodbye and I go to give them a hug. It's easy to, you know, do the hug, give a pat, pat, pat and, and step back, you know? But what happens if we just linger, whether we linger in the hug or we linger in the gaze, or when someone else speaks, we linger on the listening. It's, it's to me that silence can pop up between two thoughts. It can pop up between two experiences. It's always there. How do we open the door more for that experience? Yes. 
And maybe that leads me to our last exercise together, which is also only a minute long. And the basis for this is this. It's going to be, we're going to sit for a minute together and hold this question, which is doesn't have an answer, which is, who am I? Because the I is a product of our thinking process. And if the I is alive, even the I wanting to be silent, then that's a barrier between me and that silence. So sometimes just asking a question and holding it and seeing what emerges doesn't have to be an answer. Let's do that together. You can use the breathing uh, if you wanted. Um, so um, let's take a minute to do that just to notice what's coming up and ask the question, who is experiencing these thoughts? I am, who am I? Let's take a minute, starting now. Okay. Sometimes when you ask a question for which there's no answer, see, the mind becomes quiet because there's no answer. See? And when you look for the eye, you can't find it. But yet, every sentence, everything is that we are, is, so we identify so much with all that. Going back to what I had mentioned before about imagining the sailboat that goes over the horizon, who am I, is one of those lovely questions without an answer. And so that will quiet the mind right away. And every time an answer would pop up in my head, it was just more of the eye. You know, it was, it, it was, well, a flash went through me uh, as we did this. I was watching a TV show last week and one detective is training another detective. And the young detective is asking the question. The other, and the older, more experienced detective goes, that's not the question. What's the question? And it kept having the younger detective refine, what is the question? Mm. And I, I felt that process going on. Who am I? Mm. I think there's quite a bit of refining that we can keep going through. Yes. 
again, it's just the beauty of holding a question, like what gets in the way of being silent or who am I, you know, and what's the, what is this? Being curious. Yeah. But, yes. Okay. More questions. So just to summarize, Tim, then, it, we just want to offer a few pointers to those who haven't perhaps explored this for themselves. What sort of few tips could we offer uh, those who are listening? Maybe at another time too. I think there is, I think many of, well, certainly I can speak to this as a coach that many of my clients are at the effect of the day-to-day -day schedules. They are disempowered by how the schedule runs them rather than them running their schedules. Mm. And I, I think there's great um, advantage to being able to say, you know what, I am going to set aside this time. Mm. I will do, I will choose to do this. I will put my phone away. I will not answer. I will let my partner know that I'm uh, out of, uh, out of contact and just, create some time to let this experience happen yes i'd also say that it's from moment to moment it's not something that you can discover once and it's with you might be all your life but it's it's a living thing it's you have to connect with it for moment to moment and you can do it in a conversation just tune into your breathing and in that moment you can become your mind can become really quiet that quietness, my goodness, your communication acquires a totally different dimension. Because it's the energy exchange, you see, between us as human beings. The other person knows the quality with which you're listening. We have a sense of that I'm, beyond language, right? I, I'm just waiting for Jandi to pipe up because I know this is her bailiwick. <laughs> but I would say, even, and I'll let her go into much more detail, but I have found, and I often offer to others, take the moment and just put your hand over your heart before you speak. It will change the quality of your experience and your speech. Very interesting. Thank you. Uh, Tanvir has said that if a person conceives their life as chaotic and finds it hard to achieve silence in most of the day-to-day -day activities, is it fine or silence needs to be achieved in most of the activities to achieve peace in life? I think you've got to just take the first step. You know, just drink that water. <laughs> take the first step. Don't think about it, if you know what I mean. Just be. Uh, May I speak to that just for a second? Please. Um, Tanvir, I, I, I hear in this, when you say um, it's hard to achieve silence most of the day, I hear in that the idea of getting somewhere mm. or being feeling like Ugh, my day is running me you know, uh, chaos and, and whatnot. And this is not an answer. It, it, it's a 
it's a inquiry. What would happen if, and we all have levels of this chaos, what would happen if we settled into it? It's a raging stream. What happens if we let go and we just run downstream with it? If we can allow it in, if we can allow ourselves to be in this crazy chaos, even in that moment, there's an opportunity for connection. Yes. And I think as John Dee said, and will say, I'm sure, to be with, but even if your mind is a raging storm, as you said, Tim, and you can tune into that and be one with that, without language, as we said earlier, then also your heart and mind and body become really quiet. Wherever the mind pays attention, it quietens. See? And maybe this silence is like a dance. It's a mystery of life. You, know? you can't capture it with words, as we said right at the beginning. We just have to experience it and realize my goodness this is an amazing mystery to be connected with and we are part of that mystery see you know um, beyond that i don't know whether we can say um uh, much more okay so i'm going to uh ask all of you now for your contributions but before that maybe take a minute to show you around the app we've developed it's called happier me and all the resources inside the app. Um, oh, sorry, start again. Uh, inside the app that um, can, that speak to all the things uh, that we've talked about today. So this is the Happier Me app. It's on your desktop at happierme.app, and it's also on your phone. So if you go to the Explore section, in Pathway, there's a part called Develop a Calm Mind. You'll find the breathing exercises, the nature meditations. Noticing thoughts is just a journaling exercise, guided audio meditations, and a formal meditation practice. But it's in here, in the art of inquiry, that you can learn about, for example, the art of looking without language, or the four levels of awareness, or how to ask the right questions, or what are the obstacles to inquiry. And in the understand how your mind works section, there is a whole module exploring the nature of the eye. So these are all resources that people can access directly um, that can help with this exploration. Okay, so I'm going to open the door now for all our uh, guests. Uh, Jondi, can I request you to get the ball rolling? You're on mute, my darling. I feel called out. <laughs> Thank you for the invite, though. Um, I'm aware of what I'm thinking right now. Tim and Manoj is is... Uh, to the question, where do you start? How how do you? And I'm thinking, I'm often engaged in this how because I think it's different for everyone. And I think embracing that idea helps us let go of the misperceptions around the right way, this way, that way, whose way. It's, um, 
not important, I think. It's the wrong question, as Tim's detective would say. It's the wrong question. So uh, how might this work for me? How might I start it? Um, perhaps a better question. And I'm going to say, uh, I think because we, this country anyway, I think we all have monkey mind, is very noisy in them. And so one of the ways that I believe might be helpful is to acknowledge, and there's that word, allow that to be what it is. And instead of fighting it, instead of being in conflicts with it, to acknowledge, yes, it it's like that. It's very busy right now. It's, I have all these thoughts coming in. And then I'm gonna go backwards to a Tim thought about the ship. Um, I might be visually impaired because I'm so visual, but one of the ways I do it is I I see it as something that I can put into the river and let go around the bend until it's gone. So each thought that comes, I acknowledge it and I put it in the river. And again, it goes around the bend. And so I'm cleaning, cleaning, cleaning this horizon that I'm just looking at with the soft eyes that you mentioned also. By the way, it's not trying to recognize an object in the stream or anything else. It's just dropping it in and allowing it to just leave so that this clean, clean nothingness is just right in front of me. And that's my process that I offer to anyone for allowing instead of fighting, for acknowledging instead of shaming or judging, and to get out of the pattern that Manoj was talking about, the pattern of identification, that's a whatever, and then I have a story about it or an experience of it or a definition for it. Leave that with the soft, soft gaze of welcoming, acknowledging, allowing, and then releasing. That's my thought for the morning. Thank you, John B. Um, yes. I meditate from time to time. <clears throat> I'd love to have a regular meditation practice, but I don't because I lie to myself. And the lie, that I tell myself, the lie that I tell myself is I haven't got time. And I do, I do know the saying, if you meditate for two hours and if you think you've got time, meditate for four. I do know that saying, but... But I do lie to myself continuously about, you know, I haven't got time, I haven't got time. And that's about a lot of things. And so it's just about making that time and getting in, you know, connecting it to another thing that you do. And I think that's one of the easiest things to do that when you make your first cup of coffee in the morning is just to spend a few minutes and start like that. We're so often not comfortable with silence, you see. So that's why we talk a lot. You know. And the people who are least comfortable are probably the ones who talk the most, you know, in any conversation that you might have going. Oh, when I was dating, you know, I I I I, I always I couldn't have silence, you know. I mean there was I, I somebody I had to be taught somebody had to be talking, you know, or or something was wrong. And uh, if I had just known to sit back and listen, uh, would have made a difference. I, I mean, everything worked out for me. 
I found the person of my the best person in my life, but uh, 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 through all of that, but uh, uh, but I just remember myself always, you know, riding down the road, just jibber jabbering if nobody was talking, you know, and uh, you don't need to do that. We touched on that earlier, Dan. About um, I think it was before the before we we actually started recording and whatnot that. We were talking about the need for an answer, the need for the certainty. And I mentioned that the more nervous I am, the faster my responses come to get me out of the uncomfortable. And I I noticed earlier today when you made a joke, and I thought, oh, yeah, I, I know what that is because that's what I do. You know, if you spot it, you got it. And I, and I got it. I like to make jokes. And it does... It can cut the discomfort, but it can also cut the presence and the moment of being with one another. Yes. Um, <laughs> I, I just, I, I really appreciate, Dan, what you said. Um, more than you know, it's, it's quite common to me as the new kid every year. I developed humor as an exquisite form of uh, armor, as well as entree and connection and defense. Um, yeah, full circle there. So I understand what you said. And also, if we're always looking, 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 it's the same as doing, doing, doing. So if we're looking for the edge, the comedy, the whatever, we, we are, once again, doing instead of actually listening, and, and often taking in, like Tim said, that deeper level of what is being said, which, uh, you know, we have that word construction between the lines what is being said and that deeper place i am keeping myself and perhaps others away from that deeper place if i am busily in my head doing you know that that phrase of um you're always just thinking of your next response instead of what they're really saying so i appreciate that very much dan and i just wanted to say whoever said that we're uncomfortable with silence that was you Manoj. Um, I think it's the cousin, it's very akin to, well, yeah, when we're uncomfortable with ourselves, mm. right? So there are many people who must keep talking. Those are very lonely people because most people can't stand it after a while, right? But they're also too uncomfortable with the silence is what's driving that, I think, that I call it the anxiety that you're playing out with the mouth organ, right? Um but, but also the people who can't be by themselves, it's the same kind of thing, I'm pretty sure. So you both said something anyway. beautiful, which perhaps Tim and I haven't talked about yet, Tim, maybe worth mentioning briefly, is initially, initially silence can feel uncomfortable. And it's so important to stay with that and get past that to discover the beauty of the peace that lies beyond that discomfort, initial discomfort. Most people encounter that discomfort and run away, busy themselves with being occupied in some way. But if we can stay with that and carry on, then the door opens to the peace that this inner silence can bring. Okay, we have um, 
some other guests, but I'm not going to ask them. If anyone else wants to volunteer and say anything, please feel free. Um, okay. Um, Tim, go ahead. I, I want to thank you for, for bringing this. I want to thank you for not just bringing this, uh, Manoj, but for modeling it. My experience of you is someone who models this truth uh, in your being. And that helps for all the people listening to you to get not just your words, but to also have the experience when they're with you. And I want to acknowledge you for that. Thank you, Tim. All right. Okay. So I hope the people who are listening will take something away. Begin your own journey to discovering this mystery that's already inside you, that can nourish your spirit and has so many benefits. And that journey of learning about yourself also leads you to the doorway of this question, who am I? Because unless you answer that question or sit with it, you won't experience really the, the depth and beauty of that silence. So um, thank you very much, uh, everyone. And I will, um, of course, record this and share it with everyone. So thank you. <laughs>